Welcome to a Newsday Tuesday here on the Intercut Podcast channel where we talk about the latest in TV, movies, and entertainment that you just can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he prefers the term ooze, it's Arturo Zurita. Ooze. I'm excited Ooze. to be back after just streaming about the latest in uh, <laughs> movies and everything else that we have out there. And now we've got everything that is uh, been paused practically uh, with some Emmy nominations, but then also the reason for why a lot of the stuff has stopped at the moment. Yeah, uh, we haven't had a chance yet to really dive into a lot of the latest happenings in uh, the world of entertainment because we took off a few weeks in July. But uh, outside of just all the interesting movies and Barbenheimer of it all, uh, there's a bunch of other stuff going on in Hollywood that I feel like is worth at least talking about or or figuring out where we stand on it, Uh, just updating you know, the situation, uh, but in terms beyond... of sound of freedom's box office and really just the numbers. <laughs> I mean, it's really that, that pay it forward plan. If we're really digging into it, but, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we want to talk Emmys. We want to talk strikes and we want to talk about, about the news of Hollywood generally. So if there's any sort of movie news or, uh, announcement that you're particularly curious about, feel free to let us know this in the it? live stream chat and we'll get to it at some point in this uh, in this hour or so. Uh, but why don't we kick it off with the Emmys? Because a little bit ago, uh, almost a month ago at this point, the 2023 Emmy nominations were announced on a, a, a very stacked list of TV shows and uh, some movies as well. Some things that I didn't realize were going to be eligible for Emmys getting Emmy nominations uh, this year. Uh, interestingly, I don't know uh, if there's a particular category you want to start with, if there's a particular uh, reaction you had to the nominations. What was your big takeaway seeing the 75th Emmy nominees? Well, you know, early on, right before we went on our break uh, in May, there was so many things that just bombarded Half of the shows that you see on here, Barry had ended during that time. Jury Duty had ended during that time. Only Murders are so old. They're, like, they're talking about the second <laughs> season when the third season about to come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ted Lasso had wrapped. The Bear came out just in time with all their episodes. Maisel, Actually, that's we're not even season getting... one of The Bear. The Bear season two is not going to be eligible until next year's Emmys. Really? It's one of those? Yeah. Th- okay, th- there you go. Damn. Okay. So it's one of those like weird cycles. And that's why it's interesting that with the strikes that are going on, instead of it being a September show, they're thinking of maybe doing it in January, which to you and I, please, that would make so much more sense and would also be a much better, I guess, just cycle in terms of like, you'd have that in January, I think at the end of January, if not February, it's in the Golden Globes. And then you would have the Oscars in March. I don't know. I just feel like award season should be this whole big push. Not this extension of, like, the TVs getting it in September, festivals, Gotham's, Indies. It's too long. We don't need a six-month Oscar season. I think we need a three-month Oscar season. Yeah, obviously, uh, like, the Emmys historically came in the summer because, like, traditionally the the TV 
season window would be, you know, new shows debuted in the fall and September and then they carried through the winter and then would run uh, until May. But that's when, you know, network TV was dominating the ratings. That's when most shows ran for 22 or 24 episodes and would go on for months and months and months. That was it's way when before residuals were being paid. <laughs> when residuals were actually being paid fairly. It's way before the days of the binge release and the model yep. for how TV is consumed has changed no. drastically. Now, sure. you know, if it, I, I agree with you, if they do end up doing the proposed uh, Emmys postponement, uh, taking it all the way into January, so the Emmys, in a way, almost like kick off a lot of awards season, that'd be great yeah. for people like us who like to wait until December to make our lists and don't want to have to deal with Emmy's Easily. eligibility windows when putting together uh, videos like this one. But uh, yeah, you know, I, it would, I feel like it's totally possible and maybe would be a smart move for the Emmys considering that like the Golden Globes are not, are, are going through their own issues right now. And it's kind of a way that uh, the Emmys could maybe be part of the larger award season discussion and get elevated through that too. Cause I feel like the hunger people have of, for watching an award show is maybe a little bit higher in like the colder months of, of January than it is in, in uh, August you. or September when people have a lot of uh, other things on their mind. All I'm saying is that a playoff season should not be that long. It should not take half a year. <laughs> they compile them all together, just like with the strikes, have them all happen mm -hmm. at the same time and you will have more eyes on you. Uh, you cool starting with the acting? Let's start with the acting around the board, and then we'll get to the let's bigger do ones. Let's uh, do comedy it. or drama? Uh, let's talk about maybe comedy first, because I know there right. were some people surprised at some of the snubs in terms of comedy. All right, we'll go right off the bat with the leads, which I think it's a pretty good, good crowd here. I don't know who you got coming out on top. Uh, from the assembled, well, first of all, I feel like there's a little bit of, of category fraud that we got to talk about here because mm. do you consider the bear to be a comedy? You know, you and I have had this discussion for the longest time about when is yeah. it a comedy? When is it a drama? It, it, this is golden globe rules. It can go either way. Um, no, but I also don't consider uh, Barry at this point in time to be a comedy <laughs> either. So <laughs> at least it started as one. You uh, know? Sure. Uh, yeah. The, I think this is like, the Emmys doing that thing where they kind of put all half hour shows into the comedy world, even if they're not necessarily full fledged comedies. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think uh, because of the role that Jeremy Allen Wright has as Carmi on the bear, he just gets a lot of really meaty, dramatic moments that I don't know if like Jason Siegel or Martin Short are quite uh, getting a chance to live up to as much as I love those performances. So uh, You're saying it's which, not fair. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised to see uh, Martin Short and not Steve Martin here if they're picking one of the uh, only murders in the building men, but that's a whole other uh, discussion. Season one or two? This is season two. So I, okay. I guess Martin Short gets a little bit more to do in season two, but I still, I love my boy Steve. Um, um, to give some context give this, also, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he did get nominated and won, Jeremy Allen White. For the bear at the Golden Globes, as we were kind of yeah. saying, in, in terms of them doing TV, they did put it for comedy Guild. there too. Yeah. Um, however, well, I guess the satellite didn't decide. I'm trying to see like how many people decided to count it Sag as a comedy. Also, yeah. So it, yeah, it's kind of been because sometimes we wonder: is this on the awards circuit or is this on FX? So right, there you go. 
Yeah, I mean, because like the show is funny, but I, I don't know if like it's this quite the same thing as something like an Only Murders in the Building. Anyway, I True. would vote for Jeremy Allen White in this category. Are you going that way as well? Are you more of I, a Bill Hader person here? I wouldn't mind Bill Hader, but I think Jeremy Allen White, if we're talking about season one and in particular that monologue that he had, yes. it's his. It's in the books because what I heard is they didn't practice that. He just got into that state of mind and then just took it. Like he, He's saying it's not ad-libbed, but he's like it's a whole performance that we had leading into that big intro talk in therapy. And yeah. for and, me, it's and, his to lose. And pointing out the seasons for which they're being uh, awarded is worth noting too, because this is also season four of Barry, one in which Bill Hader uh, recedes like into the background yeah. for a lot of stuff, and yeah. like he, he's great in it too. But I, you know, season three, I thought he was remarkable. On mm-hmm. uh, season four, I, I don't know if that's the one that I would give him the acting Emmy for. I, I go Jeremy Allen White here. It would. It would be weird to win one in January for one season and then like a whole year later for, win another one for the exact same season. Right. They do need to fix when these things get released. But yeah, well, I think that's two for Jeremy Allen and our end over here. In terms of comedy lead actress, who do you got here? Uh, interesting category, partially because, again, uh, I'm not sure why Natasha Lyonne is, is here. I feel like Poker Face is more of a dramatic show. Uh, um, look, I think it's more mystery, and I think if they're going genre, they're going to push it there. But, yeah, it could go either way. It, she she made me laugh way more than Jeremy Allen did. That's that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I kind of would like to give her the award here. I think she is so much mm. of what makes Poker Face uh, special. Uh, I, I also feel like there's we should give a little bu- a love to uh, Quinta for her role on Abbott Elementary. You know, I think uh, what am I she gets a lot with? of... Cr- she gets a lot of credit for like writing that show too, but being the star of it, she does such a mm-hmm. great job. Uh, am I weird for even though I don't watch Wednesday, kind of feeling like this should be Jenna Ortega's category to lose? Yes, I. Her performance no, defines the, the show. It, it's the meanest thing to say, but there is no reason why Jenna should even be nominated, and I don't mind any of the other four ladies winning. I don't understand the hype for that Wednesday performance there. Other than, I guess, the performance of having to fight the uh, the crew running the it in order to be, yeah, in order to make it better. But it, even with the first two, I don't think Christina Applegate was the best in season three, because I'm assuming this is season three. Yeah. Uh, season one or two, ooh, yeah, I, I would be arguing for her. But yeah, even then, I, I think I it's better like, than Wednesday's. I feel like, you know, it's not unfair to say that's probably a... Uh, an award partially just for her being there and, and th- giving her sure. one last chance to get nominated considering her to circumstances. To lose, though. So that's kind of corny, yeah. in my opinion, whenever they do that. Uh, but Rachel Brashahan, and I want to say this is for four, not five, and I, I'm just wrapping up four. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's my girl. And Lewis Lane right there. I would definitely go for her. But to me, it would be between uh, Quinter and Natasha. I think giving it to Natasha would be awesome because she had a lot to work with in Poker Face, and that would be yeah. awesome to give it that an Emmy. Yeah, I think she's so good on that show, too. So I, I would also love to see Natasha awarded here. It would also help with future seasons if it's already an Emmy-winning show. So Very true. 100% I'd go for that. Uh, some of the other categories as well. Going in between. Supporting music, actor. Supporting actor. Yep. We yeah, so this is. An insane this... amount of people. <laughs> I don't yeah, even know this many people ones, can be nominated. Right. This is one of the ones where I am a little bit bothered by, like, their allegiance to certain shows oh. like I, I don't know okay. man it, i just i i feel like season three of ted lasso was such a such a dip in quality uh, and they got that two of them here <laughs> at least they only have two ted lasso actors yeah. here and unlike other categories where there's a whole lot more um but 
between between the Barry actors and uh, Eben Mosbacharach on the Bear, uh, it's hard. I also really love Tyler James Williams on Abbott Elementary. This is a very stacked category. Um, uh, to me, I would give it to. I wouldn't mind Anthony Kerrigan winning it for Barry. I preferred his to Henry Winkler. And I'm not saying Henry Winkler was less than his because he had a lot to work with in season four. He was acting with an acting with an acting. Um, Tyler deserves it. But did you finish jury duty? James Marsden was on one, dude. He I has this yet. one bit where he's obviously performing in jury duty. The story of... Uh, it, it's a freebie prime original yeah. where this dude actually goes to jury duty doesn't realize he's being filmed for a reality show and every single person is an actor the people on trial trial the people who are the jury and even the judge himself and he doesn't realize that everybody there including actor James Marsden playing actor James Marsden it's all fake but James Marsden is also trying out for a role while begrudgingly going to jury duty and becomes best friends with the main guy and he kills it dude because he's acting as a normal guy trying out for a role of a normal guy. Dude, there's so much going on there. But if they gave does, it to him, that'd be awesome. <laughs> here's the thing. I don't un, I haven't seen the show, so I, I'm I'm not sure, but like, does this feel like it counts? Like it almost sounds like more like a jackass movie than I traditional acting. Find that fascinating as well because there are a lot of moments where it is scripted. Like the guy's not involved. But yeah. if you are involving the dude, is that a variety sketch show to some right. degree? I, hey, you and I always talk about category for I don't know, but I do think he was the funniest one if that's what we're going about. If not, then yeah, give it to Tyler James. Because again, yeah. I, I'd say that he he definitely brought in most of the comedy. A lot of these are dramatic performances, which is funny, except for two of them. Yeah. Even Cousin. Right, so, I love Cousin. But it's dramatic. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and the things that make me really want to give it to Anthony Kerrigan or, or, or Henry Winkler are their dramatic elements from those sure. roles. I, I kind of am tempted because this is again about season one of the bear and not season two of the bear to give this one to Tyler James Williams instead of Evan Moss Backrack. And that would be for Abbott one or Abbott two. I think this is for Abbott two. Okay. He was really good in Abbott two. I, before we move on, is this the appropriate place to start talking about the Atlanta snubs? Because no, <sighs> no Lakeith or, uh, uh, Brian Tyree Henry here is ridiculous. I mean, maybe it Brian is, is more of a lead and he should have been there too. Mm-hmm. But maybe they started thinking it was an anthology show and they forgot where to actually nominate it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that Brian Tyree Henry gave that performance across four seasons of television and never once got nominated for an Emmy for it is absurd to me. Especially in season three. Which I think also just because this would mm-hmm. be season four's year, but they also kind of ignored it for season three, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pretty rough. Or even season uh, that... two when that show was like still a no. huge. No, uh... no, 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 no. Season two, the convenience store one where he gets stuck yeah. and almost robbed outside. There is no reason he because they do it by episode. There's no mm-hmm. reason he didn't get nominated for that specific episode. You heard Doesn't the behind the scenes that too. Just lost his father. Yeah, yeah. When he filmed that, I, I don't, I don't get that at all. But yeah, justice for <laughs> Atlanta. Uh, even you know what? For the final season, Zazi should have been nominated. Yeah, that that's why. Absolutely. I would, yeah. All right. Uh, for best supporting actress in a comedy, uh, Alex Bornstein should not win. She has enough gold at home, and I don't think she needs more shelf space. So mm-hmm. I personally, if this is going, 
For comedy, Cheryl Lee Ralph. I was going to say one of the Abbott women is probably the front runner to me, at least. I, I think they're mm-hmm. both just so funny. Um, probably the the best, the most comedic performances here. Um, I really yeah. love Jessica Williams on Shrinking. I'm glad she got the nomination. I she don't know good. if I, if she'd be my favorite to win it. Um, and Io, I, I really love as well for her performance uh, from The Bear. But I, I might, maybe it's because I just saw season two, but I'd also be a little bit more inclined to give it to her for season two than season one. Mm. Um, so you think everybody in season two of The Bear did better? I would say that... Or at least the supporting? I, I would say that season one is really more focused on Carmi and Jeremy gets more mm. to do there. But that as season two like expands its scope and gives more time to all those supporting characters, that you're able to see them flourish a little more. So I'd say Jeremy, okay. maybe I prefer season one. Everybody else, I prefer season two. But that's Fair. mostly because of the structure of the show. Gotcha. Uh, so you I finished would go Ted Lasso? I did finish Ted Lasso, yeah. And I mean, look, I, I, I like Juno and Hannah Waddingham both on the show. I don't think they had their best material this season. I wouldn't award mm. either of them for for this year. Um, you know, I I do kind of think uh, Hannah. I don't know if she's ever won one, so maybe she gets one because this is kind of the final year she, of the show. I Actually, maybe she, she did, did one, one last year. I feel like she won something, but it could have been a globe. So don't. That's don't, the thing don't is they that. run together yeah. a little in my mind. I would also be happy to see Cheryl Lee Ralph win this one. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Or yeah. Juno Temple from uh, Killer Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going uh, to movie? the dramas? Yeah. Well, no, we still got guest actors oh, guest for actor, a sure. comedy series. I always forget the Emmys do that. So guest actors, that means they were here for, what, two scenes? We have John Bernthal, the bear. I give a thumbs up there. Uh, I always like Luke Kirby in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. He plays, like, pretty much the mentor for her. Uh, he had a really good pot part in season four so i'm very partial to him because he gives a a fantastic piece of advice uh to mazel um it, like midway through the season and if that's the guest performance that they're doing yeah. that they're He's nominating the, him for for sure the lenny bruce actor right yes i like yes. him a lot i mm-hmm. don't know if i like him more than john bernthal so right now i'm still going john bernthal but talk to me about that nathan lane because this uh was is nathan lane in multiple episodes I think he's in a couple episodes from Only Murders, and it, I really love his performance on that show. Like it, uh, yeah. he's always very good at giving you the sort of like uh, high comedy and and like funny line readings. But there is sort of like a depth uh, to his character that I uh, you get to see that I, I think is really good on Only Murders. I mm-hmm. feel like he won the Globe or something for this. Uh, role. He was. Oh no, he won an Emmy already for uh, Only Murders last season. So really? that I think was for his work on season one. This would be for his work on season two, where he had a somewhat smaller role. Um, I, I don't think I would be surprised if he repeated. It, there was like a a much bigger part for him to play in season one than he ultimately played on season two. Um, that's fair to say for John Bernthal, because I also do agree with you. The, yeah. the, the the Fishes episode, he definitely has more to work with than he did in season one. So, I, yeah, that's pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I really, really like quite... Oliver Platt on, on The Bear. I also would be okay with him winning I it. I also think him in season two was better. That that might be fair as well. Um, and, you know, Sam Richardson, I, I as much as I trash on Ted Lasso, his character is one of my favorites on that show. 
Mm-hmm. And, and he's just such a delightful guy. I, I also wouldn't be upset to see him win this. My, my vote would probably be to Oliver Platt, though. Okay. Really quick, since you were on the Ted Lasso thing, we had just brought it up. Hannah did win already. There we go. Uh, in 2021. Oh, but she didn't win remember. for season two, so... She did not win for season we'll two, see. but I remember she won for uh, season one because she looked fantastic when she won. Uh, I Part of me thinks it might be Pedro Pascal because out of all of them, it answers the question of why uh, Jury Duty was nominated for comedy because if that's already a variety, what's more variety than a Saturday night live spot? I was Absolutely. under the impression that sometimes they separate the hosts into something else, but... Looks like it's considered a guest the, spot. The hosts go into guest actor. It's the Ugh. the regular cast members that compete in supporting actor. Um, that makes no sense to me. But uh, look, <laughs> I, I think he had a standout episode. I don't think it's the best of SNL, but it was the most successful SNL episode I think that they had from that run. Uh, yeah. A lot of those sketches went viral, and I think he's got a lot more to work with there in terms of like what would be one sketch which is one scene for somebody else as a guest actor. Mm-hmm. He had a bunch throughout that hour. So, so I can see it going uh, a lot of uh, people who host SNL uh, end up getting nominated for guest actor Emmys. I'm like looking through the IMDb right now. So like that's Brad their go-to. Pitt, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, uh, Adam Driver all got nominated for hosting. Uh, the only people who've actually won for hosting SNL in the last few years are Dave Eddie Murphy, Maya Rudolph, and yes, you got it, Dave Chappelle. So it, it's not exactly like a, a a juggernaut in terms of producing winners in the category. <sighs> But does produce a lot of nominees. Man, you should be able to put I, them into a yeah. variety sketch one. Put them with like when <laughs> when the people guest host when Brie Larson was doing like the late night and all that. They should have their own category over there. But mm. I I could see them maybe taking it. A, but you're you're locking in on Oliver Pratt, Platt. I'm gonna lock in on John Bernthal then. Nice. All right, moving on to the last acting in comedy as a guest actress. We have Becky Ann Baker from Ted Lasso, Quinta from Saturday Night Live. Damn, double with her. Taraji mm-hmm. for Abbott. Ooh, Judith Light, Poker Face, Sarah Niles, Ted Lasso, Harriet Walter, Ted Lasso. I'm going Taraji in Abbott Elementary. She came in like a freaking powerhouse as her mother. Oh, uh, yeah. Taraji would, would be a great winner here. I kind of want to go with Judith Light. She's so good on that episode of Poker Face. Which one was it? Uh, that's, the, that's your favorite one, the old folks home. Okay, I'm retracting my Abbott Elementary. You're right. I do like that one. <laughs> yeah, no, where's her partner, though? How can uh, you have one? That was a twofer of a performance. Yeah, there. That is my yeah. favorite episode. Ooh. That'd be dope. Uh, okay, never mind. Do, should we put a limit on how many guest actor slots one show for can t- get? Ju- for Ted Lasso? <laughs> Bro, is that is Harriet Walter from uh, Succession? Yeah, she's nominated both in guest actor for comedy and guest actor for drama. Wow, good for her. Damn. Uh, yeah, I'm going for no Ted Lasso wins here. Let's go Parker Face or Abbott Elementary right there. Let's do it. Uh, damn, Judith Light. Okay, uh, I do want to go for her then. We're being uh, real that mean wraps to up. Ted Lasso. I'm going to I'm gonna stop being mean to Ted Lasso. <laughs> well, he's well, going to say that until we get into the next one. Well, he is yeah. going to pause it right now because we're moving on to the drama, starting with the Let's lead actors over in all the dramatic series of last year. I mean... <sighs> It, it, it's going to come down to succession before we get to the limited again, because I think the White Lotus got to uh, dupe them one last time. For right now, it is really a battle of the HBO and what? Succession or FX and one AMC show. Are you giving it to Bob Odenkirk for the finale, if I'm not mistaken, of Better Call Saul? I kind of want to. 
Like if this is if this is what I'm gonna vote for with like my ballot that I don't get sent, I might do it. I thought Bob Odenkirk was so so good in that final season of Saul, um, but I I kind of doubt anybody is going to uh, beat Kieran Culkin. I, I that might seem oh strange Thank given you. that Brian Cox and Jeremy Strong have been these like juggernauts and are probably the biggest names attached to the show, but they moved Kieran into lead from supporting for a reason and for that's a reason he gets so much meat on the last season of succession he his yes, performance he is the most memorable his character's arc is the most memorable of the final season even though it really sent uh centers more on uh jeremy strong as kendall i still think that kieran takes this one he, he's so good three things one jeff bridges and the old man i do recommend i think it's a pretty good show catch that if you can Two, if Brian Cox wins, that is the funniest win of all time. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. Y'all know if you know. Yeah. But one, I, everything's I, except. Everything's except for Kiernan. He was a different facet of that Roman mm-hmm. character in every different episode. From thinking that he's got the balls to call out uh, Skarsgård's character to the uh, funeral scene. It's just, just an incredible moment in that funeral scene. I recently... Oh, in Haunted Mansion, there is a character who is thrown to the side, one of the ghosts, because they cried at the funeral. I was like, damn, they Roman roid him. So <laughs> it has fully become an adjective for me. I, I agree with you. Jeremy Strong and Brian Cox may have been like the, the, the footholds of that show, but there's a reason they upgraded Kieran yeah. to uh, uh, lead, and it was the best one. Now, mind you, are, you know I haven't finished Better Call Saul, though, so that's why. Are you upset at all that they used a slot here on Brian Cox that could have gone to somebody else? And maybe if they it's put weird. Brian Cox it's in weird. guest actor, he would have <laughs> swept that category. Um, is this the season where he said you are all uh, not serious people? Yeah. Then I guess he delivered that line really well. But I don't know. At what point is it a guest performance? Yeah. When he doesn't get paid for all of his appearance or for every episode, no, he got paid. He got paid for all of it, but I guess exactly. uh, they also paid the Emmys got to make paid sure like a lead actor. They're going to campaign it, campaign him in lead actor. Dale. Are we both locking in for Kieran though? Or are you going to go Bob? Yeah, now let's go with Kieran. Kieran. Beautiful. Uh, I really do think it's his to lose. He deserves it. In uh, lead actress again, I know we're going to have a lot of succession girls here, but Bad Sisters. Did you ever get to finish that on Apple TV Plus? No, but I know people really love that and were upset that it didn't get some more love from the Emmys. It should get more love from Intercut as well. So we will have that one on our radar before the show. Yellow Jackets, which we kind of, we had love for it. It just dwindled a little bit. But Melanie <sighs> Linsky, they wrote her interestingly in season yeah. two. Yeah, I don't know how I we I would have been okay with that. her not being in here, to be honest, for season two. Handmaid's Tale still going on. I believe this is for its final season or is it continuing? Because I know it's a long book series. I think that's for its final season. Okay. Uh, for me... I have not seen Carrie Russell in The Diplomat, so it is coming down to Bella Ramsey in The Last of Us, who I think put the better performance over uh, Pedro in the season one, and Sarah Snook in Succession. Like, <sighs> I, I want to give it to Sarah Snook, but I can see them giving it to Bella Ramsey and that being the one big award that The Last of Us takes. I don't know mm-hmm. any more of the tech awards that they're going for, but Sarah Snook kind of ate up season four, her and Tom, who yeah. I'm assuming is supporting now. Uh, yeah, he's in or supporting. Ben? He's in supporting. I mean, look, they, okay. they just need to submit that one episode where they had that huge fight, and I don't know Outside if there's the going to be... Exactly. Any, yes. but anybody's going to be yes. able to compete with that one. Uh, Elizabeth Moss has taken this award a lot of times in the past. 
uh, that show's kind of had its day. I think that, mm. that the nomination is the best she's going to get. Uh, Bella Ramsey, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if she is the front runner to win for season two. And I also wouldn't okay. be surprised if she won for this year too. Like the Emmys love to to crown somebody a little early. I mean, maybe the Golden Globes a little more than the Emmys, but you know, yeah. it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a surprise. But I'm I'm like you. I'm gonna go with Sarah Snook. She's Sarah so Snook. good on that final season of Succession. Sounds good. Into the supporting for the dramas. What the heck is this, bro? I don't even understand this at this point. But here it is. White Lotus and Succession and uh, White Lotus and then Succession and then White Lotus and then Succession. And yeah, then maybe Lotus this and then is Succession. the category where we should talk about, like, if there should be a limit on how many people can be nominated from one show. Because on the one hand, I don't like the idea of limiting who can get awards. Right? But on the other hand, are we really saying really? that F. Murray Abraham is going to win Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series? Really? When he just played himself? Like, yeah, I don't really understand that. But if it came down to all of these gentlemen right here, it's Matthew McFadden's. I would give it to Alexander Skarsgård. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's Matthew McFadden's. I I was going to go with Alexander Skarsgård before I realized that I skipped over Matthew McFadden when I skipped. Mm-hmm. It's, it's absolutely Matthew McFadden. But like um, even Alexander was better this season than he was the last season. And we loved him in the last season. If not for those two, is there somebody else you want to give this to? I mean, I, I know we love succession a lot and we tend to lean that way. I, I do kind of love Alan Ruck being here, even though he feels like he's, he should maybe even be in like a category below supporting. He should like be he, guest he's, star. Yeah. Right. Even though he is like a big part of Eldest succession, but he's, He's got like two lines in most episodes, uh, but I love I, I really think he's excellent in that. Like if he wasn't guest actor, he might be my favorite. Um, any of the White Lotus men that you feel like has the best chance? I don't know. I was going to ask you, dude, like they're good, but like, are they great? They're, White Lotus feels more like an ensemble award. Yeah. Where they all collectively come together as opposed to being like, and that one person can compete against everybody else. I don't see that. I feel like there is a lot of other dramatic yeah sh- dude you're telling me that no one in that final season of uh better call better saul? call saul yeah uh uh shoot what's his name jonathan banks who played like, he- uh, mike very memorably yeah. and never won an emmy for it on breaking bad or better call saul doesn't get in giancarlo esposito who gave us another season of gus fring doesn't get in uh i, I exactly. forget the guy who named who played the uh lo- the lawyer character that uh, they used to work that uh, Saul used to work for, but he's excellent on that final season of Saul. Also, didn't get any nominations here. It just sucks because it feels like sometimes they want to award all their favorite actors from a show, and it's like SAG has the ensemble category. That's where something yeah. like this should go, and then we don't we get to talk about more than two shows when we talk about supporting actor, right? Like you're telling me, no one in the Crown after getting nominated so many times over. Not one dude in yellow jackets. Even House of the Dragon. Zilch? Yeah. Patty Considine. Where are you, man? That makes... That, that man... Yeah. Especially him. With every single episode just barely making it by. I, I, hell, I'd give something to Andor. I don't know, dude. It, it made no sense to me. There, there's a couple of actors in The Last of Us who I don't know if they would consider guests. But if they were supporting, I could definitely see them being on here. Mm-hmm. I just... I, I feel weird because... Uh, to give the example of Matthew McFadden and Sarah Snook. They are, they have scenes where they go up against each other that really highlight both of their performances, but they also stand on their own, right? Mm-hmm. Matthew McFadden takes that uh, plane scene with 
that happens in episode three. Sarah yeah. Snook has several moments where she's trying to juggle things. I don't see Theo James or Will Sharp being anything outside of each other. If they are not like playing off of each other, like they are not a complete nomination. They are two yeah. parts of a whole. Matthew McFadden is a whole, even as supporting. So is Sarah Snook. Ah, it just feels weird to me. Yeah, Michael no, Perioli, I guess. If, if to answer your question, Michael Perioli out of out of the bunch. That was who I was going to say as well because I feel like his performance stands apart the most, and yes. that he he's just got this gravitas towards towards him that. He feels a little bit less like – it feels a little bit more like you could build a whole show around the Michael Imperioli character and less like you could for the rest of the characters on the show. For sure. So that's those awards right there. Uh, moving on to the last of the supportings, another stack. Dude, I, I don't ever remember them going eight nominations, but that must just be me. I got a foggy mind there. A lot more White Lotus, some for the crown, Succession, of course. You did get one better Call Saul nomination there. Um, yeah, Rhea Sehorn. That's my pick. Really? Okay. How does everybody I there? Mean, she's really, really incredible on Better Call Saul. Kind of has been under the underrated heart of that show for several seasons. And you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that the last season was necessarily her best showcase. But you know, I, I think that it's a performance that needs to be, or at least should be acknowledged in some way, particularly like considering it's going up against just a a swath of white Lotus women, five white Lotus nominations. It's crazy. Uh, Jay Smith Cameron's another one in that Alan Ruck category of like, they should probably have another, like maybe above guest actor, but below supporting like, like a reoccurring best reoccurring Mm -hmm. role, something like that. Um, it also wasn't her strongest season the last one. I love her, but it wasn't her strongest season, so I'm no, surprised that she's there. Do you feel like it's going to end up going to a White Lotus actress? Uh, I would be surprised if it doesn't. I mean, we we also will get into this a little bit more later, but White Lotus had a really good day in terms of nominations. And yeah, like the, the actresses are probably going to end up splitting a lot of the vote, but... Even with splitting the vote, there seems to be so much love for it that I still wouldn't be surprised to see them win. Is there somebody in particular that you think uh, will win? Because I, I have a feeling that it's going to go to vet Jennifer Coolidge because she's it kind of become her. the face yeah. of the show. But and I thought that with Megan Fahey was by Thank far you. my favorite performance of these. Easily. She is the only one who has like an extra edge to every single line that she says that mm-hmm. when, when you rewatch the entire thing and you realize what her whole outlook is on being there on that island, I think it changes mm-hmm. the entire way you look at her character way more than you do the other guys. So I agree with you there as well. That would have been my I pick. Mean, you should know we love it because it's a category with Aubrey Plaza in it and we're not even and we, going with We're that. not even mentioning her. Yeah. yeah. She was also good. She stood out more than the boys did. That's for sure. Um, all right, moving on to the last guest actors before we start getting into some of the bigger overall categories. But wrapping up the acting, any S- of these guest nominees right here. Across the board. Look, I'm going to go The Last of Us. Well, yeah, I'm going to go The Last of Us. I have my Which Last one? of Us pick. Are you going for a succession pick? No, you go Last of Us first. I'm going Lamar Johnson for The Last of Us. I think Nick Offerman... Offered up a lot. Obviously, so did Murray Bartlett. Murray mm-hmm. would be the one from a White Lotus one, huh? Yeah. Who I think also snatched one. 
He, I'm pretty sure he did, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, they yeah. were great. They are fantastic. I don't mind it going to them. There's a look in Lamar Johnson's eyes when that scene happens. It is one of the very few moments between the game and the show when you were comparing both of them that I give the yeah. edge to the to the show to the series, and that's why I'm gonna lock him as big. I want to say this with uh, this about the Nick Offerman Murray Bartlett episode of The Last of Us without like sounding dismissive, but like it's so wow. tailor made for the guest yes. actor Emmy <laughs> that I almost like instinctively want to push back against them. Like it's it's a whole tragic love story baked into sixty minutes yes. that centers on them. Like if there's no more guest Emmy role. Uh, possible than something like that. So because of that, I, I maybe am just th- trying to push back. I'd also go with Lamar Johnson of all the Last of Us w- roles. I mean, I think it's really cool that uh, Kevon got a nomination here, but it's Lamar who really, really carries that episode. And like you mentioned, that ending is so uh, upsetting and disturbing and and it's hard to even like think about because yeah. of how he reacts in those moments. So uh um, of them, I'd give it to him. I, I kind of want to give it to my man James Cromwell here. Of course. I know. Yeah. I know. Talk about it. Let, that, yeah, he, well, look, that's also an actual guest performance. Exactly, right? Like, he, there's not a lot of performances here where it's like, okay, they came in and they took the show away the from lead these for, us ama- for an episode yeah exactly that's an extra like, category <laughs> he, he he's just like is able to shift the balance on the show so dramatically through his, through his heft as an actor through the that's weight that fair. he carries in his voice uh-huh. I, I just really like James Cromwell and I, I think he really knocked that speech out of the park I, I go with that and yeah, that to me, that's also the epitome of what this role should be. Like the person yes, who, who steals point. an episode or two. For sure. Uh, I, look, I would not argue against James Cromwell. And I would use the same arguments for Lamar Johnson. When that episode ends and what our main character sees, that's what changes Abby's whole outlook. Or not Abby's, what's her name? Uh, whole outlook Ellie. on Ellie's whole outlook on it. So I, I agree. That's what a guest performance should be. Not someone who's coming in just to be lead actor for an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wrapping it up, guest actress in a drama series. You got some Succession, Last of Us, Succession, and Last of Us. Who do you got? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would probably uh, lean towards Succession here. Um, I don't know. I, I liked these performances from The Last of Us, maybe Anna Torv's most of the three that are nominated. Mm. Um, but I just think that both Haim Abbas and Cherry Jones, and you know what? I'll throw Harriet Walter in there too. They're just so fully realized as characters from the moment they walk into a room. Ice Queens, the lot of them in, in their own specific ways. I, I loved it. Um, I, it's hard for me to pick between them. I think Haim Abbas's performance has been overlooked a lot though. in the, the run of succession, so maybe I, I go that way. Are, are you going to go with Succession or are you going to go with one of the Last of Us women? I would also go with Succession because I think they were uh, – Storm Reid and Mel- Melanie Linsky, I, I think, really play like, and you're here for this moment, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Anna Torv, I think, did the best in terms of like she felt like she was going to be there the entire time, and I completely forgot, oh, wait, that's not how the way the story goes, and they played right. that very well. She, she was the best out of the Last of Us uh, women. There's not enough Cherry Jones in the last season, in my opinion. Yeah. To be able it's to count one- it. It's one fun perform, one per, yeah. one fun episode, and she's even like not really there until the second half of it. For sure, 
I agree with you with him. It was the previous seasons, though. I'm going to give it to Harriet Walter because you know she had that killer line when they all mm-hmm. got together at the funeral. So it's got to be her. Absolutely. For me. Yeah, her performance at the funeral, her performance when they all visit uh, her house at the final episode. She does a lot. Yeah, no. Uh, it's got to be her. I also see her as supporting. I'm sorry. That's a supporting <laughs> performance for me if you're more than like three episodes. But uh, those are all the categories for the acting. I don't think that there is actor and other stuff. I mean, they do some short form, which I don't I don't even know what counts There's as short a, form or what's there. limited if you want to look at that because it's a kind of weird collection of talent. Look at this real quick, bro. First of all, Die Hart, <laughs> isn't he just playing himself? Tim Robinson, you got to give it to Tim Robinson. That, that's the fact right there. Um, I see that they also had an actress version for the shorts. It's die. What the heck is Die Hard? And why is there two? Um, is it a Roku okay. thing? I'm pretty sure it's on Peacock because he's got like two series on Peacock. <laughs> I just confuse this talk show with what I, I guess is a narrative. Uh, you were telling me to look at limited? Limited anthology or, uh, or movie. Okay, we got some lead actors here. Says White Lotus again. Oh, all right. We got some new stuff. Actual limited things. Thank you, Emmys, for finally fixing this. Out of Blackbird, Chippendales. Chippendales, really? Okay. Dahmer. Makes sense. Weird Al Yankovic. Ah, I don't like the movie nomination. I still think the movie nomination should be on their own, but okay. George and Tammy and Beef. I think you know where I'm going. Yeah, you're definitely going with Stephen Young, aren't you? It's not even close. Are you going different? (sighs) You know, I haven't seen Blackbird. I've heard Taron is very good on that show. He's good, but what's his name is better? Uh, Paul Walter Hauser. Yes, sir. Yeah. And um, <laughs> whenever there's a category with Michael Shannon in it, I'm tempted to lean his way, although that's another show I haven't seen, George and Tammy. Yeah. Uh, Showtime? For what, I've, for what I've seen here, I'd probably go with Stephen Yun as well. I like him a lot on Beef. I thought Kumail is pretty good on Chippendales, but there's just a depth and... and originality mm-hmm. to what we're getting from Stephen Young that I preferred. Evan Peters better not snatch that though. Cause I know people love what's his, what's his name? Who runs it? it's such a, yeah. And what's the producer? What's his name? FX. Oh, um, he, Ryan Murphy. Yeah. His, his shows also hold. tend to do really well with the acting Ugh, categories. Yeah. Yes, they do. So I'm a little worried there, but it, it's Stevens in my opinion. Uh, in terms of actresses, Oh, your girl for Fleischman is in trouble. George and mm-hmm. Tammy. Some sp- uh, I'm going to wrap it there. I, I'm going to wrap it there. It's Dominique Fishback Swarm for me. You're not going to give any love to Ali Wong it's, and Beef? Shout out Ali Wong. You did a great performance. But Dominique Fishback gave the best performance of this year. I'd have her competing with some of the leads, dude. Dominique Fishback for me. You know, this is just like a category full of some of our favorites, though. Like, I love Jessica Chastain. I, you mentioned I love Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, Dominic Fishback, we've been championing a lot. Catherine Hahn, everybody's favorite now. But mm-hmm. I think we, we were there early. Riley Keough and Ali Wong as well. It's a really talented category. Are we going Ali? I'd go with Ali in this, in this collection, yeah. All right. And, oh, we got supporting in Limited as well. See, yeah, there's you where... see how much better... How much better it is when you get rid of the White Lotus? <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Dang. What? Murray Bartlett again? For Chippendales, yeah. This man is everywhere. Okay. Uh, we had talked about Paul Walter Hauser. He had taken the Golden Globe for it as well. I think he is pretty good. And between the other guys, you know, uh, they were good supporters in Beef. Uh, Young Mazzino and Joseph Lee. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little up in the air. I guess I'm going to go Paul Walter in, in this. Yeah. I'd probably go Murray Bartlett. I thought he was good on Chippendales. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Love and Death for Jesse Plemons. I 
I don't see the Love and Death hype when it was out. But we were also really close to Candy, so I can't can't fully give it there. Uh, in terms of supporting actress, we have some more Chippendales. I got I got to catch up on Chippendales then. Um, Beef, Daisy Jones, Dahmer, and Tiny Beautiful Things. Ooh, I got to finish Tiny Beautiful Things as well. Is I know that's the one that we had just mentioned with um, Catherine Hahn. Uh, Catherine Hahn. Is that the one that got removed? And now there's nowhere to watch it? Oh, geez. I actually don't know about that. There's a Catherine Hahn show when uh, Max was removing a lot of things, and I think that may have been, may oh, have been no, one no, of the Oh, no, no, no. It's a different one. It's a different one. A different one? one? This is on okay. Hulu. That's on Hulu. But the HBO yeah. Catherine Hahn thing, uh, gone. Uh, yes. I got to catch that one, then. If it's got Mary Weaver in it, also. She's one yeah. of our favorites. I, I've heard I haven't great things from Nisha. I haven't heard – I caught a lot of the ones in this category, so I'm going to go with another uh, Chippendales pick here because I like Danielle Ashford a lot on that show too. Okay. Uh, I liked Beef. Maria Bello was playing Maria Bello, but I'm going to have to go Claire Danes and Fleischman is in trouble. Nice. Until she wins her, her next one next year for Full, full circle. circle. All right. And I think that's it, or do they have some guests in here as well? Uh, I think that's no, it. Okay. I think that's all of the acting right now. Time to go to the big ones who do you have winning the best comedy series at the emmys abbott barry jury duty only murders ted lasso the bear Maisel, and wednesday did ted lasso win this one last year i think it's won enough so i'm okay with it losing (laughs) i think it was abbott you're you're telling me this is abbott too are you asking me who i think will win or who i want to win oh i want both um, I'm trying to see. Okay, 2022 Emmy. Yeah, so Ted Lasso is the defending champion here, and obviously really? there's still a lot of love towards it because it's nominated in several categories. It's its final season. I don't know. It did I, win? Ill. I know. I wouldn't be surprised to see it win again, but it's a very strong collection of uh, wait three for three. The, the Emmys love Ted Lasso. Look how many acting nominees it got. That's ridiculous, bro. It's true, but that's ridiculous. That said, the bear, it's never been up against the bear. And the bear has the benefit of having two seasons out there that people are really excited about. I, maybe, maybe it pulls the upset. I kind of want to go with the bear here. I want to go with the bear as well. So we're That's what I would in. vote for. It's what I would vote for. I think that would make the Emmys look really dope because that feels like a very hefty hitter. And again, a little bit of category fraud that all of these comedies and you're picking the one that is kind of more a drama than anything else. But Mm -hmm. we'll lock it in. Wednesday, winning the Emmy for 2023. If Ted Lasso wins it, though, that would be the most disappointing thing. I'm looking at every single possible winner here. I'm not including Wednesday. But I do see Ted Lasso as being... The one that might take it and it being like the most boring possible pick to get. And I feel yep. would cause more hate to go its way. Because all it did Definitely. was end and people were mad at it. It's like, but it's ending. <laughs> so it winning an award out of someone's favorite show. Yeah. Uh, definitely not Barry, though. I, I think they've uh, they've pushed Barry to the side a little too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, really quick in terms of some directing and writing for the comedies. Uh, any which way that you go. Because uh, when you get down to that nitty gritty, I would go for some of the Bill Hader uh, direction that he was able to do in yeah. season four because he was able to play with some scary stuff. I know people were like, it's not scary, but I'm like, nah, but it's off kilter. I like how he's catching some uh, 
it's some unsettling. traumatic moments in the it, daylight. Unsettling. It's almost like Lynchian. Yeah. Like there, there's like disturbing, it. disturbing stuff in that last season of Barry. And especially, I, I think comedy there it's on TV. Sometimes there's like not that very like interesting direction in it. There are some good nominees here. Like the bear is a, is a really great, uh, a brilliantly directed show. Obviously Wednesday you have Tim Burton, uh, on there as well, but I would like you give it to Bill Hader for directing on Barry. As for writing, I don't think I would give it to Barry among the nominees here. Uh, I would like to see it go either to the bear or the other two, you know, other two, we, we it's, not, it's not nominated. It's not nominated for a lot, but they are very funny and they got uh, the nomination here. And it not for only sure. it's for the Lucas Gage episode. Oh, that's right. They do it per episode. Damn. Yeah. They should have that mentioned here. Oh, I guess it does. Carrying bro. Go to the eights. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fantastic one. Absolutely. hundred percent should win. Okay, I, I am with you there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that one as well. All right, that is all the comedies. Let's do drama. In terms of the outstanding drama series for 2023, Andor, Better Call Saul, House of the Dragon, Succession, The Crown, The Last of Us, The White Lotus, and Yellow Jackets. Why are you going with Star Wars Andor? I mean, I'm just dedicated to the larger Lucasfilms universe. Um, now, were you surprised at all to see Andor here? Just because those shows haven't done very well i mean i guess the it's mandalorian the has done okay it's the best but one mandalorian yeah, got noms and we're gonna get a nom <laughs> yeah we still haven't talked about the obi-wan nom but um yeah. of the ones here i would like to see succession win for that final season i still think that it's just an absolutely brilliant season of Easily. tv that has accomplished some things that uh I just don't think TV shows have accomplished, which makes me sad that I can't g- give a little more love to Better Call Saul, which I think is also a incredible show that was somehow able to wrap up its final season in a in a way that blew my mind. But uh, yeah, I'd by by a slight edge, I'd give it to Succession here. Are you with me, or are you going to go with yeah. a different HBO no, show? I don't think it's so even then let close. Me, it has to be Succession. It would be let funny me ask that you the a different Lotus question. Tries to contend though. Let me ask you a different question then, because HBO not only has Succession, they've got, as you mentioned, The White Lotus, The Last of Us, and House of the Dragon here. It's half of uh, One show that is ending, three shows that are continuing. If you are HBO, what would you hope wins this category? Succession. You want it to go out with a bang? You don't want to mm. hype up season two of The Last of Us with an Emmy win? No, because uh, Succession has nothing else. House of the Dragon has a whole book series, and it's a global phenomenon. The mm-hmm. Last of Us is a video game series. It's going to be there regardless of. But Succession, I think, should go out with it completing its entire run. It, 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 has it won for each? Uh, that's a good question. I think it has. Because if Ted Lasso might go three for three, <laughs> in what world do we live in where Succession shouldn't go four for four? It's Absolutely. also one of the very few series, bless Better Call Saul, but that didn't split A-B. And I got to tip my head off to that. So, yes, succession. Awards to the side. Would you put succession above Better Call Saul's finale in terms of finale versus finale? Um, That's really tough. It's really, really tough. I got to watch um, all I think, su- <laughs> I think succession was able to land the plane in a way that eh. was extremely satisfying. But... I think Better Call Saul, if anything, had the harder job because it's not just wrapping up Better Call Saul. In a way, it's wrapping up Breaking Bad too. 
True. And, true. and I just like no no disrespect to the succession finale, but it's like I, I just watched an incredible gymnastics performance by the writers at Better Call Saul. I don't know yeah. how they were able to balance on that tightrope, but they did it. Uh, now, for reference, there is no episodes of Better Call Saul that are nominated for directing. Andor got one. Bat Sisters Absurd. got one. Absurd. Even The Last of Us for a long, long time. But Succession did get one for America Decides, which that's the voting one? That's the, yeah. the election night? Okay. That's the election one. It, another one for Connor's Wedding, which <laughs> we'll leave that there. If you know, you know. It's probably and the winner. And then Living Plus. I don't see it going to anybody else but Connor's wedding. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. It's it's the Goliath of this category. It, it's got to be Mark Mylod. I'm I'm pretty sure that's still sitting at like a 9.9 9 or, or something like that. It's, it's a ridiculous <laughs> yeah. number. Hey, uh, shout and out to Bad Sisters cracking this category. That's pretty cool. Good for them. They they didn't get the big nomination, if I'm not mistaken, but they were able to also get not. some supporting, right? Uh, yeah. And then the one White Lotus one is, uh, which if I'm not mistaken, is the finale. Yeah, so. I believe so. Wouldn't make sense. Tyler yeah. for goodbye. Better call Saul to get writing, though. You have two. two episodes versus one. The writing on Point and Shoot sounds like a really good episode. And Saw <laughs> Gone, which also sounds like a really good episode. Yeah. Uh, competing against Succession's Connor's Wedding, which, again, is the writing... In that specific episode, going to be the standout? Will it go two for two? Will they split it? It gets directing, and then maybe one of the songs gets that. Yeah. Uh, you also have Arrivederci nominated for Mike White, and then the Last of Us episode, Long, Long Time. So they're really pushing that one right there. Yeah, a little surprised we didn't get more than one succession script here because the writing is so, so good. The writing is very but... good, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, but Andor might sweep it all. Yeah. Other than that, that is all the comedy. That is all the drama. Uh, unless you wanted to get into some reality stuff, I know you were really, really wound up on the on the game shows nominated this year uh, with Wheel of Fortune, Family Feud. I know there was no Holy Moly to be nominated this year, uh, and then in terms of some of the other categories for variety, I think they're gonna they're gonna start changing some things. Talk mm-hmm. series has been going to uh, is it even not whoa, what happened? What happened? Where's the HBO or HBO guy? Oh, uh, he they moved John Oliver to a different category. That is BS. He's in Variety Special Live, I think. No, 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 no. Let me let me find it. I'll find it. Bro, I just found him. Are you okay. serious right now? Are you serious right now? I had <laughs> I a conversation. Now I have a dialogue. What the hell is going on here? This is category fraud to the max. What what he does on last week tonight? Is what these people are doing here. It is a talk series. What are you talking about? He does no more sketches than Jimmy Kimmel. Or any of these other people do. This is ridiculous. The Jon Stewart show is more variety. <laughs> well, I, yeah, it's weird because it's like the the shows that have interviews versus like the shows that don't, I guess. But that's such a weird that's a way to dis- distinguish between them. That is lame. Does Jon Stewart always have interviews? I think so. That's so lame, dude. This is such a corrupt way to put it in here. For the longest time, we know that this is literally just there for Saturday Night Live to get an award. Black yeah. Lady Sketch Show came in, and I found the most the most hilarious joke from a Black Lady Sketch Show was knowing that they would be nominated by default 
to compete with Saturday Night Live as a black lady sketch show. And to me, that is the funniest joke that that show has done, is knowing what they are in the landscape of award season. To put John Oliver in here just to have some competition with Saturday Night Live shows me two things. One, someone's got it out for Lorne Michaels. And two, (laughs) they are not nominating enough quality stuff here. There is enough sketch shows that can come here. I don't care if they're so below. I think Lorne Michaels has made it so that nobody else can get nominated. And I think you heard what's on the horizon. Tina Fey is eyeing taking over Saturday Night Live. Oh, I actually didn't hear about that. She is eyeing the role. She saw succession and she's waiting for this man to quote <laughs> on go. his saliva. I would be very interested to see what she's able to do with Saturday Night Live after the fact. Because right now this truly is the, uh, it's the gatekeeper of everything. Yeah. Through comedy, through music, even as well. I, mean, I think back to the weekend's like most memorable bit, and it's uh, Daniel Craig saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend." I think whoever ends up holding Saturday Night Live next is going to be the gatekeeper of a lot of uh, <laughs> comedy to come out because it's really an outlier. Black Lady Sketch Show had Quinta on it, and Quinta always said she never got to host Saturday Night Live or be a recurring member, so she did her own thing, and now she's got Abbott. Mm-hmm. That's category fraud. I'm sorry. I mean, it's tough because, like, there's just not that much competition in those categories. So it's literally just, like, an excuse to give Saturday Night Live more exactly. nominations. Like, LaShawn here in the live stream is asking, is Eric Thank Andre, you, Andre considered a sketch show? I don't Thank think you. so. I think it's considered a short-form comedy show because the Boo. Eric Andre episodes only la- la- uh, only go about 15 minutes, similar with I Think You Should Leave. Like, maybe what they need to do is combine... Uh, those sketch series with the short form stuff like carpool karaoke. And I think you should leave into uh, one larger category so that it's not just like black lady sketch show gets the numb by default and and then has to make uh, sketches about that. I guess, man. All right. So then you have what is pre-recorded, what is live. I guess they're Mm -hmm. all kind of the same. Selective outrage was live, but then it got, kind of pre-recorded and edited. Uh, I, I guess I'm giving it to John Mulaney. I think uh, maybe Lizzo yeah, can clear would... things out by then and, and fix things, but uh, John Mulaney, Baby J, was great. We didn't do a limited anthology series or television movie. Where the, where's that? Uh, the back to third the... column to the left. All right, the third column. You're done with all the reality short form and variety? I think so. I no mean, I don't know about structure. you, but I don't have that much to say about Top Chef. <laughs> Beef, Dahmer, Daisy Jones, Fleischman, and Obi. One Kenobi. Nominated yeah, for in Best Limited or Anthology What's Series. That doing? It's beef for me. It's beef for me. Yeah, it's beef for me as well. And actually, kind of like without much question, I, I think that this is a surprisingly weak category. Considering it's, like I, there's a lot right. of great limited series out there. I'm surprised that. Not I'm not seeing more of them here. Um, you know, Swarm could have mind? been in here instead of oh. just instead of just in uh, Dominique Fishback's nomination. Uh, even Chippendales, which got a few acting nominations, could have been here as Damn. well. Um, <laughs> rest in peace to all those Marvel shows. I guess they uh, are are getting blank despite putting as much money as they do into She Hulk and whatever. I feel like Loki was finagling itself into like a miniseries and now it's got season two coming out. So, yeah, yeah, they should be left out in the cold. Uh, They did finally separate television movie to be its own thing and it no longer even gets broadcast. But, Zach, between one of your favorites, Dolly Dolly Parton's Mountain Magic Christmas, um, (laughs) Fire Island? That's an interesting one. Hocus Pocus 2, 
Prey, and Weird, the El Yankovic story from Roku, giving Roku, Tubi, and Freebie, all free advertiser streaming platforms, their first nominations this year. Yep. What do you have as your pick? <sighs> the new um, Oscars here. Yeah, it feels weird having the Hulu movies here, but I guess that makes sense. If they're um, not getting theaters, yeah. Yeah, those two are probably my favorites in the category. Um, I, I might go Prey over Fire Island, but I wouldn't be upset with Fire Island taking it. I'll go Prey as well. We talked about some of the performances for these, so I think the last thing to get to would be some of the directing, writing, and then just wrapping up with yeah. us not knowing when these are going to come out. Uh, but it did get some uh, writing between Beef, Dahmer. It's so funny to me that a series that's 356 minutes is going up against a 90-minute movie, but nonetheless, <laughs> right. that's what they have there. Uh, and then the same thing for when it comes for uh, writing. Swarm did get some writing. Love, yeah, so that's but, but then that's that it. instead of Atlanta is Donald Glover's only nomination this year. Wow, that's lame. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't give it to the episode that uh, uh, Obama wrote. <laughs> so there is that right there, and then your host yeah. and everything else that they've got going for them here. But overall, that is our rundown of the 2023 Emmy nominations. We don't know when they're going to be. Uh, streamed but some fun facts uh, as we had it with succession versus white lotus succession broke the record for three leads in one category so that is like a, a an emmy's milestone that they haven't had in the past uh, i was mentioning the uh first for the avod streamers freebie had jury duty that got the nomination Tubi got the nevers this is interesting i remember this show being on hbo max as one of the techs write-offs that they did they right? threw this show off of hbo max put it onto tubi for its new season and thus it got a nomination giving tubi their first show but what's funny is this is <laughs> this is a josh whedon original so josh yeah. whedon has an emmy nomination through tubi so <laughs> boy still kicking uh succession has a total of 27 nominations the last of us is the first video game adaptation nomination if i'm not mistaken giving HBO a whopping 107 or sorry 127 nominations in total for the Emmys. Uh, they were supposed Crazy. to be streamed September 18th. They are not because of the writers strike. We had talked about some of the WGA talks that were happening early on in the year. We knew they were going to do it right in May, whereas we mentioned a lot of these shows wrapped up. Kind of a difficult moment to say that the writers are about to go out. When some of the best writing is being delivered, I think they should have timed it right for June. Whenever, If y'all would have timed it exactly at its peak for HBO's The Idol, you would have had so many more supporters. <laughs> yeah. So I was actually uh, reading up on that because I, I was thinking about that after our last discussion about the guilds, uh, that apparently it is an intentional tactic from the AMPT, uh, AMPTP where the day, the ends of the different guild deals are all met are all sort of aligned yeah. to be uh one after Disruptive. the other as a way of uh sort of leaning on the other guilds the way that they've you know reached a deal with the directors guild and it's sort of put put uh the other guilds in worse situations so mm -hmm. like that while while the idea of collaboration is totally like cool and like maybe like if we do get this like hot labor summer that christian smalls and people keep talking about like we can we can work on that but in 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 reality like it, it ends up being this tactic to try and 
you know, every guild is fighting for their own piece of the pie. So uh, sometimes it ends up being that, you know, uh, they don't have that cross collaboration between the writers and the directors and the the uh, actors. Although we are seeing the like wave of strikes infect some other aspects of the industry. I don't know if you saw the news that some uh, Marvel VFX artists are planning to unionize uh, as one well. of the biggest people who need it. Yeah. Absolutely, which is uh, a huge unprecedented step for the industry uh, because uh, one of the main reasons why we're seeing so much uh, increasing use of CGI is because those VFX artists are not unionized and they are then more exploitable for uh, the big industries. I don't know if you also saw uh, that uh, some reality TV stars are trying to unionize. Really? Yeah, that's a okay. there's a new report coming out uh, based on the treatment of some star some stars on Bravo properties that they're oh, looking like- to uh, join SAG-AFTRA as well. Which you know, given the way that reality TV in particular has been used as a cudgel against uh, the the writers and as a way to sort of intimidate. Uh, different parts of the industry with the with a potentially cheap replacement product. If if reality TV joins the unionization efforts, that would be a big big blow for the it's Hollywood huge. studios. Huge because right now when the strikes happen, they told the writers, "Well, we don't need writers if we're just going to be doing reality TV." Oh, actors, you want to go there? We'll pick anybody up the street who's willing to do the most salacious things for reality TV. That would be the best blow. Because like you're saying, it's it, that solidarity needs to come from everybody involved. When you just throw the others to the side, it, it doesn't help. Like you had brought up the IATSE stuff. A lot of their strike efforts last year didn't fully go through. They knocked out a deal that didn't really help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We know how big actors can be and writers and, and, you know, we're standing with them, of course. But they're above the line. It's a lot of the below-the-line people who always get looked at the other way. When it came to IATSE, they didn't have somebody else to fall on because it was a whole other mm-hmm. year before those contracts were done. Right now, the WGA and the actors get to like kind of brush off of each other uh, and, and kind of come together uh, in order to be able to hold a deal. But, yeah, I think the more those other networks are, or, or groups are able to come together, that's also going to help. Um, I know another big point was the realization of influencers who are also mm-hmm. now also able to get SAG after um, deals because we've looked into that. And uh, the way that they, they have it held up is that you are damn near a performer. You are making your own commercials if you sponsor your stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like you're running a VH1. Here's what happened in the 90s thing. But you're doing it yourself. And they opened it up because, well, that's 20% That's twenty the union can get from you if you're making work that's outside of the sphere that is Hollywood. And in that came a lot of discussions on um, are you able to take jobs with a studio if you're not in a union? And I'd put it as simple as this. As you and I who work adjacent to the industry, I think one of the best mm-hmm. uh, uh, quotes that we had out of South By was how do you make it into an industry and not get revolved in it? Or, or, or like swallowed by it. And it was Tilda Swinton who said, uh, don't work for the industry, just work within the industry or something like that. And we don't get paid by studios. And if you're dealing with a question of like, are you going against the strike? Just ask yourself, is the studio paying you? And if right. they are, chances are you are. If they're not, then you're straight. And that's the big deal right now is that they're looking to circumvent the people who they're not paying with cheaper labor. And I always think of uh, writers, like journalists. 
mm-hmm. when you have Screen Rant, a lot of these uh, article companies who are willing to pay you pennies on the dollar, what is it, like 100 bucks for 20 articles? If someone else takes that job instead of them paying who they need to. I think of the AV club. They forced everybody to move to California. And if they didn't want to, they were going to pay them way less. And other people came in out of college to take those roles, not realizing, no, dummy, at a certain point, you're going to want that seniority. You're going to want, you know, that, that tenure. And mm-hmm. you just undercut them. So the next person is just going to undercut you and undercut you and undercut you. And uh, uh, I think that's what's become the big debacle right now. Yeah, I mean, we're approach. We're we're actually well into the third month of the writers' strike, and the actors obviously joined them uh, a little bit after that, and they've been on strike for a little while as well. But uh, the AMPTP has not reopened negotiations. There was like a brief moment where it sounded like they were going to, and then very quickly they uh, reversed course on that, and yeah. they're not negotiating anymore. Uh, but it, you know, it's Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, they've taken the tactic, and, you know, there's the, I'm going to quote uh, an article that was released that the AMTTP then denied, but they're taking the tactic of waiting until people start losing their homes and uh, being unable to afford rent and are unable to put food on the table and and get desperate enough to take a deal that they know is not necessarily in their best interest. And, you know, it it seems, I think the, the tenor of the discussions seems to be that people realize this is really like a very critical turning point moment Moment, you know we've had these moments with the various strikes in that the industry changes and these are moments where we can sort of where where labor at least can collectively put certain lines in the sand and i think everybody recognizes just how fraught uh the potential future for a lot of these creatives are. And, you know, a lot of people have made this point and it's worth making again that these labor negotiations are not really about the Ryan Murphy's or the, uh, Shonda uh, Shonda's or the you know big name writers and they're also not about the big name actors the people who like Colin Farrell or whoever who show up on the picket lines and make a lot of uh, headlines for showing up it's about the the supporting players and the the bit players and the people who not aren't necessarily the showrunners but are the staff writers on the shows that you you love who are not necessarily able to make a living wage in those sort of supporting roles. There was an interesting statistic came out uh, about the the SAG membership because SAG provides you with health uh, or it has health insurance benefits, but only if you reach a yearly income threshold of $26,000, which 87% of SAG members do not reach that threshold. So a lot, a lot of people who are, Actors or working actors aren't evil to, even able to make the minimum to qualify for health insurance under the current conditions. So how do you feel about that, the, that the union also has that hold on you? It, in hold in what sense? That like you're obligated to making that much? Or? If you make 25, they still take 20%. Do you know if it's they take 20%? I think it's just an annual dues. Two? Zero. Um, that was what was on the influencer one. Because you are getting the jobs through the union. They are siphoning. They're going through the entire, every single work that you get. That's what ends up getting applied into your dues. I thought it was annual dues, though, It's which is separate than like, a, like an agent fee, which would be like 20%. Um, 
I mean, like, look, it's it's. That's like any other. That's how we have set up health insurance in this weird country in where it's America, taken out of your salary. Sure. Yeah, t- taken from your salary anyway. So that's it, it's a huge uh, for some for people like actors particularly who spend a lot of time between jobs and don't have the reliability of like oh I'm actively working right now to cover my health insurance. That that stuff is essential in order to you know like build a life um, and you know. Twenty six thousand dollars is a, a much lower threshold than I think a lot of companies uh, are are willing to that are that cover health insurance as well. So, like, but yeah, if it's eighty seven percent of actors who are under your union who can't get that, I'm pretty sure there's two percent of actors making well more than twenty six thousand dollars. So, are we saying that that rule from the union needs to be shifted to people? Producers not hiring enough people? Can't the union just drop that lower? I feel that there are dues being paid by much wealthier people. I'm just saying. I feel like we could fix the scenario from within as well as also making sure that right. the residuals I mean, look, I don't have from the, the Sa- I don't have SAG's books in front of me. I, I don't know how much it'll cost and how much they pay. And like you can keep your SAG membership even if you're not necessarily like the most active person. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are in SAG who also are uh, working full-time jobs that they get their health insurance through because they only get like a one commercial Teachers, year or something yeah. like that. Yeah. For so sure. like there, there's lots of different uh, aspects to it, but like union protections are, are, are essential for an industry like this because uh, that thing that you mentioned, that's eating apart writers where individuals are, are accepting lower and lower uh, uh commissions for their work like that's the kind of thing that makes it impossible to build a life in a creative industry and it's only through collective bargaining that uh, people are able to uh to raise those rates so Mm -hmm. even if there are faults to joining a union uh, it's the only thing that's going to be able to ensure that any of these people have a a full-time job in the future you know the the studios are working their hardest to try and make that not a possibility At this point, with the route that they're going of starving them out, all of the -the above-the-line people, like you mentioned, they'll be good. They have enough. Yeah. But at what point are you causing that 87% that you said to grow and grow and grow? Because it was not 87% in 08 when they went on another writer's strike. We could talk theoreticals. Yeah. We could also talk the studio has already had a whiteboard of numbers, and it does sound like they are starving them out like they're saying. Yeah, and there's been the studios are now responding by saying that because they're not going into production on all these uh, various films and TV shows because of the strike, that they they're going to be reporting profits because they're not spending money. But at a certain point, as a studio, like if you're not making product, you're not you don't have a job for even these executives. At a certain point, you need to be making things to be in the industry of making things, right? And, and mm-hmm. you know, everybody's going to have a tipping point. And there's lots of different things that uh, influence that. The the need of actors and writers to work jobs, to put food on the table is one thing. Although every creative person I know is very industrious and f- has all sorts of ideas for side gigs and stuff like that. So I don't think uh, that that's going to be a, a huge pressing issue the way that maybe the studios are expecting it to be. Um, I do think that there is like there are larger factors coming into play here. Uh, I, I believe that L.A. city government has been putting more pressure on uh, on the AMPTP because there's less 
uh, production happening, which means that the con- the economy is being stimulated less in LA and things like that. Ultimately, I think are going Ripple to effects. be bigger, yeah, bigger levers to pull than the ones that um, are are just happening at the bargaining table, right? It's it's yeah. going to be other industries coming in and. Uh, joining in the boycott efforts and stuff like that it, it or not that boycotts have started yet but in strike efforts um mm-hmm. you know i i don't know how it's all going to resolve but i i don't think that the studios can just keep kicking the can down the road forever they some of them have stockpiled content but it's not going to be uh stockpiled for that long and they gotta have they're gonna have to get ready for next year's summer movie season because those movies aren't ready do you think it's been a bigger hit than what COVID ended up doing just a couple of years ago and seeing the uh, effects of that? Because even something like Oppenheimer yeah. and such, those are COVID filmed movies. Or do right. you think that that pause already helped them to prepare for this? With the studios, you mean? I mean, yeah, I, I do think, think they're th- conniving. I think they're scummy. Yeah. No, I think that the the COVID pause definitely like taught studios a lot of the tricks that they're using now. I mean, it, 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 it helped them establish a lot of the rules like small writers rooms that the writers guild are fighting against in particular or, or not having writers on set and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think that maybe COVID COVID was like good training for having um, a gap in content. Sure. But, you know, at, at some point it's got to give, I, I don't know. I'm sure they're going to end up meeting in the middle. That's how all negotiations end up playing out. I just don't, I don't really get the feeling that either side is going to be the first one to make the move, at least right now. Yeah, it's a succession thing. Uh, It's compromise. If you both leave happy, then it's not good. Uh, We had talked about reality series and how that's been a big kind of shift that they've been doing. Sorry, Max now is just filled with so much garbage. Every TLC, like home good. Like, I don't need all of these shows in the rundown for every new monthly thing, but that's definitely what they're pushing. Netflix, Mm -hmm. that's a big thing that they're pushing. Besides reality TV, these are strikes happening here in the U.S. for narrative content. But if you film outside of the States, is it not free game? Well, it just depends on whether or not you're going to do a guild production. Like stuff like Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon, which largely films across Europe, that's all still within uh, American production standards. And they use SAG, uh, SAG contracts in order to hire uh, actors and stuff like that. So all that stuff um, that's can't get around it. That all that stuff is paused now. Stuff like the films that are going to con that come from various different industries, like the I don't think the French film industry is paused. No. Uh, LaShawn is telling us that productions have stopped in the UK as well, but I think there's a little more crossover between our talent pool and their talent pool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, I think they're I think they are doing. Um, I think they are still doing some stuff in the UK as well, as long as it doesn't fall under uh, SAG and WGA guidelines, um, since those are, you know, American guilds. It, probably Canada, too, has is, is got some stuff going on. And, well, maybe we're going to see a lot more of those, like, pop TV sitcoms like Schitt's Creek get picked up by Netflix in the future. It, Netflix in particular, which has such a wide global reach, has all these Massive. Korean shows in particular that they produce. It has well, that, all that to lean on in yeah. the meantime. Um, I did see this. The the Wrong union thing? Or, no, no, your sorry, thing. This there. one right here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that House of the Dragons was still going to keep going? Yeah. Because they were somewhere else. Uh, that's bizarre, but... So that was know. my only thing, because 
other than this, there was the Korean shows that you had mentioned where it's like, just as long as they're outside of it, it's okay. And then on top of that, you would have uh, the A24 stuff as well, where A24 is, I guess, good in their books. So they're not counting them. I'm going to try to pull that one up right now. Uh, And so they're going to continue to be able to film because they are under the standards of what they need to be. Yeah, well, so th- maybe because the for the House of the Dragon, at least, they're they're going through UK laws rather than through US laws. So that would definitely give them um, a, loophole. a loophole for some of that stuff. But again, yeah. like they they, I know they're not uh, the writers aren't working on it, which is a whole other obstacle. That yeah, that's very confusing at that point yeah. as well. But then, uh, like we were saying, some productions companies, if as long as they've been like I don't know one-on-one with them have been able to also uh, get the okay from SAG. And I do think that's where it gets tricky. Oh yeah. There's also the, the uh, productions that have been given the okay to keep filming amidst the strike. Uh, Notably a lot of a 24 productions that have agreed to all the terms uh, of the WGA and SAG. Um, They've been allowed to continue production, although I've seen like there was one Viola Davis movie that got put into production that she then walked off of because, you know, there's this argument developing on whether or not it hurts the strike efforts to work on even those strike approved productions. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I think at that point you are kind of uh, leveraging it in different ways. And are you just going to want to like like is. Fox not allowed to make anything, but Fox Searchlight can make yeah. something. Uh, I, I don't know what the rearrange would be there because, again, especially with being able to take things out and outsource them elsewhere yeah. that they are allowed to continue. I just see a lot of loopholes for the studios to continue doing their thing while a lot of writers won't be able yeah. to work. And what will they come back to the more that they continue to use AI at the beginning of Marvel shows, AI for a lot of scripts? <laughs> yeah, I we'll mean, I see think it's if- a lot more in place. We'll Not see to if be that grim gets, about it, but you got to be yeah, real. How much of that gets uh, negotiated out in the next, uh, in whatever deal they reach. By the way, I did want to just circle back to the SAG after thing because I, 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 the number sounded a little uh, not sure to me. It, it's a annual due of $231.96 and then 1.575% of earnings up to a million dollars. So it's not 20%. How much? 1.575% of earnings uh, of covered earnings up to a million dollars. So then any of the rich actors should pay for everyone's health <laughs> insurance. I mean, I, I think that's how a lot of it ends up working because they end up getting the, uh, their pay. Not if it's you know, 87% of people who don't have their health insurance. I want to <laughs> see these actors wearing pins at no award show then. <laughs> I did see that a lot of actors are making donations uh, oh. to the, the strike funds. Aww. I'm sure they can afford a little bit more, but uh, The Rock gave his $1 million. Hey, that that's actually pretty respectful because, you know, he did not get his DC show that he wanted. He wasn't the Kevin Hart show, by the way, the one that didn't get nominated for an Emmy, uh, talking about how he, he wasn't able to get that, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so we're going to keep abreast of the situation. I'm sure there's going to be lots of developments. Uh, maybe we'll we'll find another – if the, a lot of things develop, we'll find another time to uh, get back into discussing updates. And if they come to an uh, agreement, maybe we can break that down as well. Um, but I think that's about all for this installment of Intercut, unless you got anything more. No, just uh, 
keep an eye out for a lot of these TV shows uh, that are on the horizon. Some of the Emmy ones that will have follow-up seasons. Uh, I'm looking to catch up on some of the ones that I did not get to see. Um, and it looks like we're going to have a little bit more time than September. So uh, maybe I will be able to finish Better Call Saul before the <laughs> Emmys. <laughs> there we go. That'd be nice. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's about it for this edition of Intercut. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd, at Zshevich, Z-S-H-E-V, as in vote, I-C-H. And check out my YouTube or TikTok channels, at Multiplex Show. Art, where can people find more from you? You can find me over at LME Movies on Instagram, Twitter. I think Threads is a thing. Oh, I think it's called mm-hmm. X now. Or every week yeah. here on YouTube where it stayed the same name. You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Pocket Casts is a new one that's showing up on our statistics, whatever you like. I like Overcast. And then make sure you subscribe not just to the audio version of the podcast, but to the video version as well to on YouTube.com slash IntercutPod, where you can catch our perplexed and troubled faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of the Intercut Weekend Must Watch streaming on our YouTube channel. We're usually doing that every Monday, but please leave us a comment, like the videos, and consider heading over to iTunes to give us that much-requested five-star review. If we can get to 250 five-star reviews on iTunes, Art and I will come to your house and pick it outside it, just like the writers and actors. Uh, I got my uh, my sign already. Maybe you need to come up, we can come up with some slogans later. Maybe we'll ask the inner cuties for some help for our best uh, intercut strike slogans. Uh, shout agree. out to our listeners in Canada for putting us on the film review hey. podcast charts out there. Like our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, our TikTok, even our Patreon. You can find all those pages at Intercut Pod uh, to get updates throughout the week from Art, from me, from all the guests we feature on Intercut. Support the show for as little as $1 a month on Patreon, and you get access to some cool behind-the-scenes benefits and an invitation to our monthly patron hang. And also... Check the link to our Discord in the description to keep the conversation going throughout the week. But thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, we strike. At midnight? (laughs) We strike at midnight.